bar none, the kids will tell you, if it's between Coach Weir's set plays and getting some skill work, player development work in, we're going to the player development. We're, we'll come, the plays, will they will come in later. We'll figure that part out. Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Today we are joined by the head boys basketball coach at Keller High School, Zach Weir. He just finished his 16th year of coaching overall, third as a head coach. Before Keller, he had coached at South Grand Prairie, Waxahachie, Arlington Seguin, and Grapevine High Schools. He led the Keller Indians to back-to-back district championships in the last two years. They were undefeated in district in 2021-22. They've had an impressive 34-3 record in district the last three years. Coach Weir was named Coach of the Year two years in a row. He led Keller to the regional quarterfinals in 2023. Before we hear from Coach, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Jamoti Podcast. What's up, Coach? Man, nothing. Just got home from the from school. Had the you know the PSAT today, so kind of man, I'm I'm full of energy, man. So if I if I seem over the top, it's because I've been locked in a room for four or five hours. <laughs> Coach, there's nothing better than being locked in a room just staring at a teenager. Not allowed to be on your phone. Not allowed to bring a book in. Man, <laughs> hey, hey, I get the steps in. I'm a pacer anyways, you know, and so those poor kids, they're like, man, this guy's super actively monitoring. You, you didn't even realize it, but all their scores are going to plummet. And when when their parents ask, they're going to say, the monitor wouldn't sit still, was pacing around, and just totally, totally freaked me out. <laughs> uh, either that or I kept him away. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Man, he's right by me. Oh. Now he's, yeah. Well, man, I, I want to first thank you so much for giving up your time, coming up and, and talking hoops with me. I've been a fan of yours from afar and got the chance just a few weeks ago to watch you do a little bit of skill work training at the Mavs Coaches Clinic. And Man, I just uh, love the way that you teach, love the way that you view the game and so this is an honor for me, man. No, I'm I'm super pumped. When you when you sent me that that, that text, I was like, man, I'm I'm so excited cuz I am a basketball uh junkie and my mind is just anybody anytime I can get somebody that that's going to talk some hoops, you know, and I was fortunate enough to to get there. Uh we actually played in a clinic that day in Duncanville. So I came from Duncanville all the way out there, so I was able to catch yours and and I love what you're doing over there. I mean, it's it's uh I love it. I love it. So I, I appreciate you having me. Thanks, ma'am. Well, tell me tell me something kind of new that you're into these days. Man, I, I've been really big into the uh, trying to dive into. I'm getting my master's degree right, and wow. so I, I've really been able to dive into. I've had a couple of psychology classes and stuff like that. And just kind of the way that we are as people and the way that we learn mm. and some of the stuff that I think maybe we knew the the ways that we were taught when we were younger. And you're like, OK, and and, and now you're hearing these new ways. And, and it's like, man, um, for example, I spoke on it a little bit at the clinic in one of the classes that I took. It was talking about your being in a, a training versus a trusting mindset. Mm. What type of. What type of mindset are you, you know, and obviously put it into our terms of a coach is what kind of mindset are you are you training your players? 
you know, we all, hey, we're doing this drill and it's not working. It's not translating. We don't see it on the court. And so when when I took that class, the I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the, the book was called Overachievement. And it talked about, um, I'm mistaken, it's called Sports Psych. Don't ask me to spell it. But <laughs> it was it, it was talking about how a lot of times we think that we're doing stuff. So the way that I understood it was, you know, we're in the training mindset. We're going on air. You know, I give Matt a basketball. I teach him a skill. And then when he gets in the game, I'm like, man, we have gone over this, Matt. Why can't you get it? Well, so this like research base. So I take this back to the kids. I'm like, man, this is awesome because it fits right into my philosophies. Um, and this happened about midway through my first year at Keller. Um, and I had already kind of been kind of going that way, kind of some different philosophies that now I'm a head coach and everything's on. We're going to do it my way. Um, not that anybody else that I've worked for was was bad. It's just, sure. You know how it is. When you become a head coach, you have your own ideas and things you want to do. Well, you, you've been sitting there, you know, 18 inches over, thinking about just cataloging all the things that, yeah, I like that. I would do that the same. You know what? Probably would like to do that different. And then when you finally get that opportunity, the challenge is not going too crazy with it, not throwing everything out, not and, and just making sure that it's the right fit for your players. No doubt. No doubt. And so when I when I stumbled onto this concept, trusting versus training, um, I was kind of there, you know, anyways, I didn't know how to frame it, which, you know, a lot of times communication, that's where the breakdowns happen. And mm. so now once I can frame this to, you know, my staff, like, hey, this is why we're doing what we're doing. We still need to train it. You know, there's still certain things that you got to do on air. They got to learn the skill or the, the 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 tactical aspect of it. But when we get in that trusting mindset, because now all of a sudden we can explain it to the kids as well and our players and our staff, our younger ones, uh, our younger coaches, this is why this is going to work. We're going to train them to do it. But the majority of the time is going to be spent in this trusting mindset to where they're having to trust these skills. And man, from there, it just kind of took off and and we've just kind of um, run with it. Um, my, my my brain goes about 100 miles an hour. Probably, I mean, it's just, a lot faster it, than mine does. That's impressive, I, man. <laughs> I mean, it, well, sometimes it's not good. It's like I have too much stuff. Sure. I have to refocus. Yeah. Um, I've learned to learn to really utilize notebooks. I used to just be like, any piece of paper that I could find. And so when I moved from uh, South Grand Prairie to Keller, I had like a stack of just random scratch. I think one of them was like a magazine cover. And the only reason I remember is because it had James Harden on it. And I had wrote a set and I found it about, you know, three years later. I was like, man, where did this come from? But now <laughs> I've, I've learned to utilize the uh, composition notebooks. Nice. To try to keep them, you know, try to keep things at least semi-organized. But that's what I'm into now. Just trying to find new ways to to relate to the kids. Because if you can't relate to them and you can't communicate uh, with them or, or your staff as well, yeah, you know, like, um, you know, it, it's gonna you you're gonna have some inconsistent results. And so that's my biggest thing moving forward. Is yeah, I, I love the player development. Uh, aspect on the court, off the court, the personal growth and in the weight room, stuff like that. And so just trying to find different ways to make that craft be be perfect. I know it's never going to be, but yeah. but that's my that that's my chase right now. That's what I'm 
That's what I'm on. That's good. Uh, Michael Lancaster is one of my favorite skill development guys too with I'm Possible. I just, I pull a lot from him. And one of his big terms is game connectors. And he, and he made comments kind of similar to, to what you just said of we do things on air and, and, and take our players through some movements. But if we don't help them to connect, if we don't build that trust in our training, like you said, then they're doing an action that they don't really understand how and when it will fit. You, you allow them to have a game connector to it. Then one, I mean, I'm a fan of using a lot of different tools, kind of accountability tools to help my players get lower, get more dynamic, to make it harder to bring more adversity into the mix. But without the account, uh, without the game connector, then it can be kind of a, a gimmick or or something that looks good in a video, but actually won't apply to when they're playing in a game. One hundred percent. I like that game connector. I'm gonna, I'm gonna still. I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna. St- I'm gonna use it. I borrowed it. Feel free to borrow it, and because that's what that's what this is all about, man. I, I feel like I know where you're gonna go with this, but you know what? Maybe maybe I'll be surprised. But there's this conversation of is it style of play or is it your players? Meaning, doesn't matter what type of players I have, what size, what athletic ability, what skill set, they can fit into my style. Or I'm going to change my style from year to year, depending on what my players need and what works for them. Where do you land on that? Uh, I guess if I had to land one way, they're going to fit into, I guess, my style. But my style is just engulfed into player development. So they will develop into that player. Um now, saying that, I do make certain adjustments. Like, there's been years where a guy couldn't Euro, and I said, hey, okay, we're, we're not going to Euro. You're not athletically ready to do that. And so we change it. Um, but, you know, we we have a true feeder system here, and so we get mm-hmm. down and we're able to work with the youngsters. And so now we're seeing the fruits of that labor. I have a couple sophomores that are got a chance to be really, really good, and it's because they're they've been it's – it's year three now. You know, with the skill development and we do a lot of stuff. Um, that's why I chose the social media. But a lot of the stuff we do is I, I feel like there's certain things as coaches that we can. It's our job to teach them, you know, for example, like being in really, really good shape. We play really fast. That's on the coach. Right. Yeah. That's a practice design. That's conditioning. I mean, there's a lot of different ways, um, but we're going to develop those kids to to fit. And really just to be basketball players. So on the flip side, I don't believe that it's my system. I believe that it's like people's, it's our system. You know, when you watch a Keller kid play, he's going to be able to shoot it. He's going to be able to handle it. He's going to be able to pass it. He's going to make really good decisions. Not all the time, but none of us are. Sure. Yeah. Um, And so my thing is, you know, developing those guys to where they're able to go and, and play in your system because they're able to do those three, you know, those four things, shoot, dribble, pass, make decisions. And so, but if I had to choose one of those ways, and I I feel like you knew I was going to go there with that, uh, it would definitely be there. There I'm going to, I'm going to work to make them fit our system, which our system is the players. Um, Yeah. See, I think you're right on the money. It's almost as it's not a trick question. Because if you if a guy chooses it's just system I don't care who they who comes in they're gonna fit into these spots 
all right. I mean, that's how you feel. That's okay. And some people, they, they, man, their teams just look drastically different from year to year. It's all about what they, what the players need and they're able to completely do different things and have different mentalities. But I think that, I think the, the, the place to be and the answer is kind of what you said. It's both. I have a philosophy or concepts though a way the game should be played the way that it's fun enjoyable and players improve in with that with those ideas we're going to train our players to fit that but recognizing in the moments what they can do and what they are on their way to becoming and i i think the way that you said that is right on the money i love the idea of a feeder system how much time uh throughout the week are you spending with those younger grades probably quite a bit it's the most that i've ever been able to as a coach and a lot of my buddies the same way is so we go uh monday wednesday friday we want this friday because of um because of the fall break but we split so i have myself i go to one monday wednesday friday and my assistant will go somewhere monday wednesday friday and we got two feeders so, you know, uh, Monday, Wednesday, I'm I'm somewhere for 45 minutes and my assistant's at the other one. Mm. And so they get about an hour and a half a week, which is so much more than they're going to get, you know, and we try to do a lot of stuff through social media, sports, you app, stuff like that. But um, that's what we get. You know, we invite them. We invite them up. Hey, the gym is yeah. open. You can come up. But as far as in, organized instruction during that athletic period, we're it, it, it's really helped, you know, this week will be no next week. Next week will be the last week that we'll go see them before the season kicks off, before they start doing their own thing with their um, their middle school coaches. And I mean, the, the changes uh, in them are just drastic, you know, where they couldn't function. Some of them now it's like they're having fun because they're seeing the ball go through. They're able to yeah. use their weekend. You know, it's not beautiful, but it is beautiful in the sense that they're struggling through it and they're having a good time and they're seeing success. So I kind of got off on a tangent there, but no, yeah, about, we get about an hour and a half. Um, if I could go every day, I would, but I know that's not realistic. I think when you really invest time in skill development, and that's a big part of what you do, and I, I can hear it from you and, and especially from your talk at that Mavs Coaches Clinic. But, you know, in my opinion, I, I can't remember the coach that said it. Uh, if somebody was to ask him how much of practice is skill development, he would say all of it. It's yeah, all it skill is. development. So I, because of, I watched, I've watched some of your film, you know, of your games and and the way the positionless nature of what you guys do. Every time that you you're working on your offensive concepts, it's skill work. They have a ball in their hand. They're attacking. They're having to read advantages. Can I keep it or do I need to transfer it? Can I cash in? Does, so like you're you're all of it's skill development. But I think when you have that mentality, then you really have to have a growth mindset with your players. If you're resulting when they're learning and taking chances in their skill development, you're going to slow them down. But yeah. if you if you have this environment of making mistakes is good, we are all working to get better. You're celebrating the try and the intention behind what they're doing. Man, I, you'll you'll see some improvement, especially in those younger players, pretty quick. Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. that's what we're that's where we're 
that's what we're building for and fighting for every day. You know, it's not getting that mix, mistake free environment to where, you know, like you said, you're just applauding the try. It's, it can be difficult. It can, you know, cause it is so different than what I think a lot of them are used to, but that's why we do it. Right. That's why we teach. That's why we invest so much in them. Well, I think you probably, you know, the end in mind, like, you know, where you're trying to get them to go. The player doesn't know. The player is performing an action. You're trying to connect it to where what they want to do in a game, but they don't really see far past that one thing that they're doing. They don't no. see what it can lead to further on down the road. That's where that's why you and I get get paid the big bucks. Is <laughs> yeah. is we know if you can master this drop, you know this way of attacking a curve. If you can master that there are things that are farther ahead of you. And that's why we can applaud the, the try and the, where they are in that moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The big bucks. That's true. <laughs> Coaches. The Jamoti podcast is powered by Bology. Manage and measure your player's skill development and increase accountability year round, utilizing the Bology app. Boost inner squad competition with drills backed by the national high school basketball coaches association including a 40-shot Bology skills assessment. Please visit Bology.com slash teams for information on how you can provide this resource for your team. What's one thing that makes your program different? So so I asked I asked a kiddo. I sat down and thought about it myself. It, I think something about, you know, certain programs is hard to – it's hard to explain if you're not in the mix. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. You know, and it's hard to understand. Um, and his response, he, he's one of our, uh, he's a junior, he's, he's a really good player. He's been around me a lot. Uh, he said player-led. We do a ton of player-led stuff, like so much so I gave his senior brother last year the clipboard during a timeout because he was trying to explain something. You know, and it was one of those profound moments between the kids, not between me and the kids or my sister and the kids, but just being between the kids. He's he's diagramming it on the board in the middle of a district game, you know, mm. timeout, tight ball game, whatever. And I have no idea what he's talking about. None. He's got all kinds of X's, all kinds of lines. The I mean, lob play for himself, you know, like, oh, kids, crap, what do we? The kids, though, <laughs> the kids are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> they went out and got a steal. And I'm nice. like, hey, man, well, as long as y'all got it, that's great. Um you know, now when people ask me what what makes y'all different, I just think the freedom, the freedom that I allow them to go do whatever it is that they feel uh, necessary in that moment, you know, and in, in, in the part of the game which they all care so much about, which is offense, right? If you feel like pulling Steph Curry type threes, man, do you. My one thing is make sure you practice it. Make sure you have really engulfed yourself in the player development aspect of like, I've worked on this. I know I can do it. Um, and, and I think that's probably the biggest thing is, you know, and I, I do a lot of kind of self-evaluation as far as when I watch film, I make sure to watch myself. When they when they shoot those shots yeah. that everybody swears are bad, you know, um, I don't even say bad. Honestly, the only time I say shot selection is when I say I'm not talking about shot selection. Now, we do talk about it, but it's it's just a very different ver 
verbiage that that we've kind of come up with. Um, and it's not one absolute thing. It's just kind of a way of meandering around the 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 topic so that the kiddo doesn't get fearful. Um, you know, they have the freedom to go do it. I've had a kid pull up, you know, we're up seven with two minutes to go, tight ball game, and he pulls up from a three. It's one on four, and he pulls up from three. He forgot that the fifth guy was behind him, and he blocked it. And, you know, I make sure to never take him out, take kids out after they do that, because I think it just destroys their confidence. And, you know, some uh, a coach, I believe, asked me, why, why did, how did you approach that? I didn't. I let him keep playing, play through it. Because that's one thing you'll notice about, at least last year, our kids, they don't look at me while the game is going on, as I don't want them to. They're free. Like, that's y'all's time. My time is in practice. If I need to talk to you, timeout, free throw, whatever, that's when I'll talk to you. I'll get your attention. Um, and then the other thing, it, that as I'm sitting thinking about that question, is I think what I believe is a fundamental at Keller High School is different than maybe what other people think is fundamental. And what I mean is, like, to me, a reverse pivot is no longer fundamental because I set the base three years ago, bam. Well, I guess technically with some of the kids five years ago because they, they've been in eighth, their eighth grade, whatever it may be, right? But like a same hand, same foot, reach out, finish, that's fundamental. You're going to see that a lot. The hook pass, the ear-to-elbow hook pass, like you're going to – that's fundamental, whereas a lot of coaches would say, man, that is an advanced skill. So I think the the kind of the level or the shelf of where our fundamental base is at Keller is different. You know, if that if that makes any sense whatsoever. Um, and so that that's what I believe. Um, and, that, and then I think it's really just how we do things. You know, I tell our kids all the time, like being at practice is not a separator. It, it's not showing up is not a separator. Getting shots up is not a separator. Now, how you do it can be a separator. You know, or am I being intentional about what I'm doing? Am I shooting at the game pace? You know, it makes me think of the the the. Uh, the speed shooting drill that you showed at the Mavs clinic, like are you when when it's necessary to shoot fast, are you shooting fast? Are you paying attention to your change of pace, change of direction? Um, just different stuff like that, I think, is in our willingness and I guess in a sense the mind to never skip on individual player development, whether it's personal growth, which we do every Monday, on the court and in the weight room. Like, Bar none, the kids will tell you. If it's between Coach Weir's set plays and getting some skill work, player development work in, we're going to the player development. We're we'll come the plays will the plays will come in line in in uh they will come in later. We'll figure that part out. So that's kind of in a nutshell what I what I've come up with. Like I said, for me it's really hard to explain. It's kind of one of those things like you have to see it. Um because it's just at times, like if you watch our practice film, it's just a big jumble of chaotic struggle. And the kids are like looking at me when I first got there. Coach is, hey, what do you want me to do? I want you to massively struggle and I want you to enjoy it. And I want you to learn from it. And it's hard. You know, that's a hard lesson um, for them for them to get. But now you see, you know, we have we have two kids that will end up playing Division One basketball. One just committed at McNeese. Uh, and one is, who knows, he's just a junior. But one of the things that a lot of the coaches have told me, Coach, they don't play with any fear. I say, yeah, because they're, they're, now there's nothing on the court 
it's just like a regular game to them. There's not, you know, there may be eight kids on the court in practice. There may be a chair. There may be a ball. There may be who knows what's going to be. Coach Weir may be standing in there with one of those bat, uh, not a baseball bat, but that's what I call it, the bat, the little uh, soft stick, you know, sure. to yeah. make myself long. I may be standing in the middle with that, and they can't run me over, you know. Uh, but just the, those are the biggest things that I would say is the the freedom that we give, the fundament, the level of fundamentals that we 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 set, and then just our our routine of of how we do it. Because, like you know, everybody practices, everybody's in there working hard, everybody's working there. Now, is everybody training and working at that same level? I don't think so. I think there's a definite separator. Um, and that's a tough thing to do because it, it just, as you know, it is. Uh, and it helps when our two best players are our hardest workers. You know, they they call and they say, Coach, I need in the gym. And I'm like, okay. You know, and that – that so it's not something that I've done all by myself, you know, that I would, would by any means ever take all the credit for. We have some kids that have an unbelievable knack to show up. They, I, I, when I say show up, like they always show up. Hey guys, there's open gym, and you're gonna have all those kids in there. Um, I think that makes them different, you know. As far as our kids, I, I give them credit all the time. Like, hey, I know that I tell you guys, everybody's practicing, but the 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 rate and with the consistency that you guys show up is actually really remarkable. Mm. Um, because you know how it is that, you know, even at places I was at before, you always have the, a couple kiddos, you like, man, if Zach could just show up every day and get his work in. Now these kids, if, if, if you tell them, man, you, you need to do, we have a thing called a player triangle. You got to do that every day. They'll do it every single day. And it's, it's, um, it's really remarkable to, to actually watch them. Like we had a, He's an eighth grader now. He was he was involved in some Keller basketball activities since he was in sixth grade. And I said, hey, do you remember this drill? And I started explaining. He goes, the diamond drill. I said, yeah, man, you remember that? He said, yeah, Coach, remember we did it in sixth, uh, sixth grade, Keller basketball school. All right, man, set it up. And he took all the kids and he set it up, you know, and he's an eighth grader. And so I think that makes our kids different. And that that that's that's because they have great support at home. Um you know, and they're really good kids. That I don't, I don't know how much that that aspect of it has to do with me. So we a lot. I mean, and, it, it helps a lot. Yeah, it, it helps so much. You know, and then uh, our willingness to get up there and open the gym for them. Sure. You know, but they they've done a our kids have done an amazing job at buying into the player development aspect of it. Now we're still working on some of the other stuff. Like you know, that's why you teach and that's why you coach, but. I think if if I had to sum it up, freedom, just freedom. You know, uh, I recently started coaching with Texas Impact and AAU, and one one game I was coaching with with a guy, um, and he said, "Man, you're serious. Like you you really do give them all the freedom." So yeah, man, like that dude right there is a a, a power five division one kid. If he can't knock down a three from right there, what are we doing? Yeah, you know. Plus, we're all going to run a set to get that guy the ball anyways. He's already got it. Let's just let him shoot it if he's open. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about, like, craziness, but uh, I, I don't know. I think sometimes it's we, we try to make it too difficult as coaches 
because we want to see our play, which there are some really, really cool plays, you know, some really cool sets. You know, you see them every day on Twitter. It's flooded with, you know, EuroLeague and G League. And, I mean, this girls' basketball, boy, I mean, men's basketball, it's just flooded with all types of plays. And, you know, when I was younger, I really got it, it. I mean, it just sunk in. I was like, oh, my God, I want to run this. And before you know it, you look down on this napkin and you got 60 sets. You're like, how am I going to teach these eighth graders this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you first start out, you're like, not well. <laughs> how, how am I, I going to teach these guys? So uh, I think that's what's different now. That's just my my humble opinion, you know, um, and it's just the consistency of doing it. You know, I, we do a we do a shooting drill. And I remember we played, oh, man, we were playing in the Mavs tournament last year. And he was like, man, how do you guys shoot like that every day? Because we do that every day. It's not, it wasn't, wasn't anything that anybody probably isn't doing. It's just our willingness to give up. I think an aspect of freedom we don't think about is I'm going to give up this block of practice time and not work on five on oh set plays shell drill so that, so that you can be a better basketball player individually and i'm going to teach you a, a, a skill set and i'm going to give up my time so you can have this freedom i think that's a huge piece of freedom that of giving our players freedom and empowering them that a lot of coaches don't think about oh well we need to work on this you know um you know it makes me think about zone how you how you play against zone you shoot it those players you know, um, I was telling somebody the other day, not one college coach has ever called me to ask me for my plays, but they have all called to get my players, right? And and I'm joking with it because his son is actually going to be really, really good. Um, but in the same time, I'm kind of serious. Like, you're the same way. College coaches are going to call you. Every once in a while, they'll call you. May, hey, coach, what are you doing here? I saw you did this. But at the grant, at the end of the day, these the coaches that want that are recruiters, they want the player. That's what they want. So I think it's our job as coaches to try to do our best to develop them as much as possible. And plus, on the back end of it, they're going to be able to run our sets better because they're better players. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's all my my player development soapbox, man. I'm just a big I'm just a big advocate for it. I, I think that it's I think that it's the way to go. I don't think it's the only way. I know there's a lot of other good ways to do things and be successful at it too. So I don't want to sound like I know it all by any means because I don't. There's definitely coaches that I felt similarities with. There's been some where I thought, you know, we're pretty far apart (laughs) in the way that we look at the game and how we view things. Uh, I think you and I are about as aligned as you get. And, and, and I, I, I don't have a lot to say to that because or, or, or any comments, um, I believe it is, you're, like you said, There's it's not the only way to do things. Pat Riley said it's uh, it, there's a lot of ways to do things, but this is the way we like to do things. And I think that's the way I've, I've viewed it at Faith is, you know, when, when our guys are doing things that are out, like I'm really into balance shooting right now, doing as much as I can with them on one foot, uh, either foot, jumping from side to side on one foot, turning around on one foot or, or, or even spin shooting 360 shooting side, anything that can mess with their balance and from distance uh, shooting threes off of one foot. Not that they'll do that in a game, but the oh, benefit yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see what that's like. But I, any, anytime that, uh, that I hear somebody that is 
as excited about skill development, the freedom that you're talking about. Like I, I want one of my favorite compliments at Faith was a parent came up and said, your guys shoot with just a, an, an insane amount of confidence. And I was like, yes, they absolutely do. It's because of it's because of how we train and how we talk to each other. Um, so all that to say, have you did you play for someone that led you down this path or how did you get to where you are in your mentality? Man, I, I've actually never been asked that before. I, I think I've just always my, my parents always told me to if you want something, go get it. And I'm I'm a, what I describe myself as I'm I'm a dreamer. I'm in the clouds. Like there's nothing. And I, as long as I can remember, I've always been this way. Now was it always true? No. But do I always believe it? Yes. You know, like Steve Nash was my my favorite player growing up, and I I I was and remember exactly where I was. One of my teammates. I was a sophomore in high school. I couldn't have been 125 pounds. I mean, not big at all, but I could shoot the rock. Can you score on Steve Nash? And without hesitation, yes, sir. You know, now, would that be possible? I mean, at that time, probably not. <laughs> but I believed it. Yeah. But I, I say that to say I'm just that's just always how I've kind of been is I'm just a dreamer that if you tell me that this can't be done, I'm going to try to find a way to get it done. You know, um, and I think as I've gotten older, I just, you know, you grow with this proverbial chip on your shoulder and you have two of them, right? And you're just like, man, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And I've always, I, I guess I would have to give all the, for the most credit to my my parents. I didn't play for anybody like that, um, that was like that, actually the opposite, and yeah. so maybe that in a way, you know, the old, if you're not teaching it, even if you're not saying anything, you're still allowing it. And so maybe it was a culmination of all these people. I've honestly never been asked that. I've never even really thought about it, but it makes sense now talking about it to where they always told me not to do stuff. And now I'm on the total opposite end. So much so is when I talk to our staff, we're, we're, we're not going to say things like don't shoot. Right. We're not going to say, hey, you can't do this. Um, you know, one of the ones that drives me the, the craziest is, well, he can't dribble. Well, have you given him an opportunity to show you that he can dribble? Yeah. Train him. Right. And it's our job. Yep. Um, and so I would say a culmination of that. But I've always had, you know, like I said, my, my parents have always been super supportive as far as like, hey, man, if you want to go do it, go do it. Um, See, I asked you that because I've been asked that before, you know, when, when somebody looks into, you know, what we do at Faith and, you know, from a maybe from an offensive standpoint where you know, we're getting 40 to 50 to 60 threes up a game within a 32 minute game with no shot clock, you know, people ask questions. And so one of the yeah. ones I get, I get is, you know, did you play that way? And I really like what you said. I think. I've never actually had, I've never thought of it like that. Um, I think anybody that does, do, doesn't does have natural um, gifts, you know, six, eight long, not that those dudes don't work hard, but their path to success with a minimal work ethic, you know, it, it sometimes there's, there's more opportunities. 
So a guy, I'm six, two and a half, you know, which that sounds great, but at the division one level, that's not that special. And Mm -hmm. I'm really not gifted athletically. So you're talking about dreamer. That's exactly the way that I would describe myself as a young kid. I mean, fourth grade, three goals, uh, freshman, a team varsity is a sophomore division one scholarship. The person I emulated was pistol Pete. Pistol P is one of the biggest dreamers and creative, creative players ever to play. So I modeled, I think, a lot of ways, the 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 way I played, the way I thought, definitely the way I trained after him. But my high school coach wasn't a running and gunning, everything is is free. And my college coach, my first one, crap, we ran flex. We ran flex for three years. Like talk, there's not many turn your brain off systems like that. And then, and then, you know, my senior year with coach drew, we only had six players. So we had to run around half court, holding the ball to shorten the game up and then run a set. So all that to say, yeah, I, I think the way I, this is a a question for coaches to think about is the way that you're playing right now, the style of play, the, the culture that you have, is it in line with who you are? Like I'm a dreamer like you. I look at, we made 405 threes last year. That's great. 432 is our highest. We can beat that. I think it's possible, you know, because in those years, we missed a ton of them. Like, you know, like there's a lot of makes out there that we can still, that we can still find. And I tell my players all the time, what is a miss? It's almost a make, fellas. You're almost there. And so uh, just refreshing to hear you talk about that. And I love the your answer of you're a dreamer. I've never thought about it um, like that. I think the style of play that you and I love, I I don't know if non-dreamers can play it because no. there's so much failure involved, so much out of our control that we have to be okay with because you and I know that within that failure and that chaos, man, there's beauty there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, now that you think about it, I guess, so – Steve Nash was, you know, I thought he was super creative with with, with the way he played and everything. But I, I guess the guy, my, my, the mentality, the two dudes that I actually would would maybe maybe makes a lot of sense watching our kids play now is Allen Iverson. Not all the not all the craziness, but just the way that he was like this warrior. fearless, he fearless, fearless, and he was gonna. It didn't matter if he had missed twenty times; he was yeah. taking the next one. Um, and then Jason Williams, white chocolate, right? all the flavor and all the flair and, and all the stuff that he did, you know? And so uh, obviously you can probably guess Steph Curry is my favorite player, you yep. know, him and Luca. Now it's like, how far is this range? Is this guy's range going? Um, and so those were the kind of dudes that obviously not Steph, cause I'm way older, but like AI and those guys that, you know, I would get the arm sleeve, man. And I was like, we're going to go at you. Cause I, I was small. I, we were, when I was a senior in high school, I was same size as he was, six foot nothing, 160 pounds, you know, uh, but not afraid to stick your nose in there and get after it. So I, that was a great question. I've never, never really thought about it, but now that it, now that yeah. I have, it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think we both learned a little something in in that moment right there, just maybe about how, how we got here. And then there's a, there's also a, uh, I think there's a level of curiosity that we need to have 
I mean, it's Ted Lasso, right? Like that's one of my yeah. favorite shows. He he's yes. in the bar and he's like, you know, I just don't think you're very, you're just not a curious person. And, yes. and, and, but he, but he talks about how he is. And I think there's some parts of my life where I'm not curious at all. And that that's a good thing. And then there's other parts, especially in basketball, where I think I've always been a little like, man, is there a better way to do this? Is there a more creative way? Is there a faster way? I mean, that's where I I, I went the Grinnell route for a couple of years because you're talking speed and fast. Nothing's as fast as them. But yeah. there, but there's a so like behind my little uh, plaque back here, there's six books that I don't allow myself to read anymore because when I read them, I tell my wife like, babe, I just I was looking at that that uh the system again by doug porter and 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 i i think we could do it she's like no no no, don't forget don't forget what happened last time because there is a level of speed that unless we're recruiting our players that they can't and our parents can't see and understand they don't understand that you're trading you're giving up a layup but you're going to get three and that it's more about pace of play that so all I'm rambling now because like you, um, that stuff gets me really excited, but can, can you find a way of, of speed and, and, and curiosity that ultimately still leads to winning? Because I think you can go too far with that stuff, uh, that down that rabbit hole where it's, it's not about winning anymore. It's about an experience. I love that. Like personally, that pistol Pete, uh, in that movie, Birth of the Legend, he looks at his dad and his dad, what are we going to do? He said, let's give them a show they'll never forget. Yeah. Like that just that just aligns with me. But then for your best players, for your team and the time and the commitment that they put in, it better translate and lead to winning. Or else right from the beginning of our talk, you said training and trust. The training will be great, but you'll lose trust real mm-hmm. quick. Oh, yeah. And they want they do at the end of the day. I mean – you know, it's a we're our big thing is, you know, one percent focus on the one percent so you can be the one percent. You may have heard it, you know, focus on the process. But at the end of the day, you, you got to talk about it. Hey, this is where I want to be. You know, uh, got a kiddo that just committed. And that's what he told me as a sophomore. This is what I this is where I want to go. And, you know, I, I I personally think that that creates a lot of trust with them. Um that's a, that's another freedom that we give as far as communication. You know, instead of just shushing our kids, we we teach them how to properly talk, right? So they come in, hey coach, what do you what do you want, Zach? What do you want, Matt? What do you want? And they're going to give you that coach talk. I want to be the best player that I can be. I want to be the best. I'm like, listen, man. Like, I want you to be honest. Like, be real. Right. So your job is to be real, learn how to communicate freely, properly, respectfully. And on the flip side, it's our job as coaches to help you see what it's going to take to get there. Mm. Right. And it's going to be really, really hard. Like, hey, I want to be a division one basketball player, man. I'm going to tell you how hard that's about to be. Yeah. But if you're willing to dream for that and you're willing to work. um, I remember when his parents called me. Coach, do you think I would never tell you this is not a possibility? You yeah. go for it. Like, do you? Yeah. Now just understand that it you could do everything right in this game, everything, and it could still not work out. That's a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow, which to me, that's kind of right in line with how I view things. Like I chase perfection on a daily. I'm like the dog that chases the the car down the street, think I'm gonna catch it, and then the next one and the next one every day. My grandparents had a dog just like that. But I'm cool with it. 
because eventually, you know, you know, you're just going to grow and grow and grow. And I know that I'm never, I'm never going to meet perfection, but I love the journey of it. And so that's what, you know, that's the vision you're trying to get your kids to understand is like, Hey man, trust this journey. Yeah. It's going to help you get there. So, you know, what I like about that question though, too, is obviously with those players that express that they have aspirations to play after high school we want to know that we want to hear what their plan is to get there and then guide them if their plan is 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 off it's not enough and and be able to hold them accountable but i think also talking about freedom we allow players to be honest with you know what coach that's i just want to be a great high school player yeah i want to have a great high school experience uh, the greatest player we've ever had at Faith, he scored 2,700 points, 439 made threes. He's fifth all-time in Texas and made threes. After his sophomore year, he was looking pretty good. And I, I said, Dalton, like, let's talk about college. What do you want? He's like, you know, I don't I don't think I want to play. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm floored because this dude did everything that you and I are talking about, always in the gym. I, You're right. I think showing up every day is a skill now. I think it's a skill, and I think not everybody has it because these, especially where you and I live in Dallas-Fort Worth, these kids are busy. They have everything out in front of them that they could ever want and go to within a 30-minute time here. So for them to actually choose, prioritize to be in the gym, that's a skill. And in my opinion, it is easier to become a great player and to get whatever you want now than ever before. Because of yeah. all the distractions, you and I had way less distractions, especially with that phone. You know, I still I remember my junior year in high school getting the big Nokia that all you could do was call and text. But it was that simple text. There wasn't anything when a kid does come and he expresses that I just want to be great here now and then I have other plans in my life. We also need to respect that. And get alongside of them with that and not push them to do something that they don't want to do because there's a purity in that. Like at the end of the day, what do you and I want? We want all of our players to leave our program with zero regret. They gave their very, very best. And, but we have to know what they want and what is their best going to lead them to. Yeah, 100%. We've had plenty like that. And I'm, I think it's great because I think it gives them kind of a, not to use the word freedom again, but a a freedom of like, okay, I'm able to tell coach that I just want to have fun, be a great high school player, and he's not going to hold that against me. He's not let. He's not letting me down. Yeah, yeah. And and I played for, you know, we you played for guys back in the day. Like you do this because you know this, that, and the other, and you were afraid. You would have been afraid to say something like that. You know, and then it's okay because a lot of our kids, like at least in, you know, like you said, they have so many resources, like they're going to go on and be like super successful in all kinds of stuff. Like I got two kids in the program. They're going to be like amazing engineers. You know, you got a couple that graduated. We had a youngster that graduated last year, fifth in the class. He's out Southern Cal, living it up, having a great college experience, Uh, lawyers and doctors. You know, and, and so there's so much more to it, you know, and, and you give them that freedom to say, I'm going to have my fun here. Yeah. I'm going to put my heart into it because these are my guys. But we're all, you know, you get that collective 
those collective dudes to come together as individuals and, and become a really good team. The Jamoti Podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high-quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities, and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. Your favorite shooting game. I throughout do, throughout these talks, I've been to I've been able to collect a, a bunch of new ones, and and I'm I'm a fan of keeping my guys on their toes, rarely doing the same thing uh, uh, from day to day. And, and in fact, if we go our whole spring and they don't repeat a workout, then I feel like I'm doing my job and keeping yeah. them guessing. So, what's your favorite shooting game? Man, we I don't know if we would you would call it a game, but it's what we do every day and we use it for various different reasons and different times and stuff. And, uh, we call it the daily seven. Right. And so the, the drill is set up. You have a minute per action. So DHO, blur screen, whatever your seven are that you want to choose, your main seven, and they go for a minute. Okay. Then and the last six minutes is just extra pass shoot, what we call extra pass shooting. It's all threes, hmm. um, but it's three different variations. I'm going to drive, hit the drift extra pass. I'm going to drive, hit, and they can go, we go baseline and we go middle. Um, and I'll get to that way that's set up. You hit that 45 angle. He hits the, the extra pass to the corner. And then we just, it's an outlet. We call it slot, slot, corner. You whip it around and get as many corner threes as you can. Um, and we'll we'll make it a contest against ourselves. Um, but we have some variations that we'll, we'll do to make it a game. So we'll use it. We'll do partner shooting, right? We'll do a, the old, I don't know what you guys call it, but two, two basketballs, three guys. We call it Olympic shooting. Um, and we'll do it that way. So you got three guys. And so you'll have all six baskets going our varsity and JV together and that they get even more shots that way. Um, just depending on the day, like a game day, we'll do it all together. Two lines. Most of the time we do four lines, but to keep them fresh and get them extra shots and handle and footwork and all that, we'll go either partner or Olympic. Um, so what we set our kids at, and this is how we teach our shot selection without even saying it. You have to have a pace, right? A pace is a big thing. Yep. You for our varsity guys, you have to have a 20. This depends on the time of the year. Um, but last year when we when we got going really good, you guys gotta have 30 makes. Every make is one. You gotta have 30 makes per minute. And then the last six minutes, you have to make 15 a minute, right? You got 10, 12 dudes on the team. So you think about the amount of ball handling, the amount of passing, the amount of chaos. There's basketballs going everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, with our freshmen, we actually threw in six basketballs and we put chairs. So they have to navigate the chairs and learn how to get open. I've been stepped on quite a few times in the last few weeks by a freshman. Um, he's like, my bad coach. I'm like, yeah, dude, like I'm here. My <laughs> I will get in there and we'll have the bats. Um but we put that up there 13 minutes, we crank the music up, and then it's totally player-led. So, for example, if we do it all together, they have to beat the JV, varsity has to beat the JV, and they have to meet their pace. And you hear them talking, and the coaches remove themselves so they learn to communicate not only over the music, but also watch the clock. And now it also has a different levels of 
Um, this goes back to that very first question of do we make the players fit our system? When our kids get really good, he can like like Matt's a good three point shooter. He's going to come off of that high ball screen. He's going to shoot a three. Okay, this guy John over here, he's a slasher. He's going to go to the rim and dunk. And so they learn the chemistry of where each other is going to go, mm. the type of shots each one likes, the passing, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we don't tell them what shots to shoot when they're once they're on the varsity level. We don't tell them what type of shots you do. Basically, we tell them be great at what you excel at or, you know, do you be you. Now, with the younger ones, we'll break like with our freshmen. We're, we're maybe we're finishing with that. We can, you know, every time or it's a one two pull up jumper, very simple. And we give them the 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 finish, the footwork, stuff like that. Now, if we go uh, partner shooting. We may go, we'll, we'll cut it in half. We'll go six and a half minutes. So just imagine everything is 30 seconds and three, and you guys have to make 10 a minute, right? Because if I get stuck with a guy that can't, is, is struggling to make shots today, I'm chasing rebounds. We're not getting as many shots up. So we talked to him about that. It's a great conditioner. Yeah. Um, the dudes are literally running for 13 minutes, you know, and then, like I said, on game days, we'll cut down to half the time, half the whatever. But it, it's something you can do fast and furious. And it's actually when I, before I spoke at the Mavs clinic, I asked the kids, like, what has made you, I polled a bunch of the kids, our kids, and then kind of asked some coaching buddies, like, that have watched us play, that have asked me questions, like, what is something that you always wonder, like, how did we get them to do, you know, this? And passing came up a lot. Hmm. Um, and so I asked the kids, you know, I I personally think it's because we, create so much chaos and so many obstacles for them to be around. Um, but it, it's also because we don't, we don't stagger drills and the daily seven is the word, the one that kept coming back with our kids. Um, I really like that one. Also the, the one that the kids probably love the most, we call it eight ball shooting. So on normal old five ball shooting, but instead of putting our we we add so it's one two three four five so we have six lines, uh, baseline on each end, and then from the side baskets on the sideline. So essentially two outlets on each side, mm -hmm. and then you have eight basketballs. The extra ones are in the end. So I'm gonna outlet it. Um, what we call pitch it across the street, and and when I first did it, when I first got here. I I said this will we we need to make 13 threes. So you get two transition threes and a layup. We're gonna we're gonna make 13 threes per minute. Well, then all of a sudden the kids started really having fun with it because they turned the music on and they were starting to dunk and they looked at me. We had a kid that was super athletic. He threw one off the wall and went and did like uh, I don't even know what he did, but it was insane. He missed, he looked at me to see if it was okay. And I was like so excited that he threw it off the wall. Well, then now it, what it's turned into is just a suit. They they love it. We encourage them to take risks. Like if you want to shoot a 360 layup, I don't care. <laughs> just do it with your weak hand. Um, we have guys in there. That's how we've actually, they they get the comfort to try to dunk, you know. So we put guys in the lines that are going to, when they're going out there, man, they're trying to throw it off the backboard. That's probably the one that the kids like the most. Um, and when again when we did it it was hey we gotta make 13 we're gonna end on a win we're gonna make 13 um 
Now it, it transitioned into a fun, creative drill, which I love and the kids do too, because it's a great way to end practice. Because you know this like I know at the end of a practice, you're not trying to do anything. You're trying to have fun. That's right. Right. You're tired. Um, so we just crank the music up. Those those are probably the two, my two favorite as well, honestly, because it's you're just out there and you're getting a ton of work in. I'm curious about this, uh, just even based based on your answer there with what you allow and some of the freedom in, in those those shooting drills, warm pregame warmups. There is there's still the there's a part of the traditional player in me or or even coach in me that in warmups thinks that it should be done a certain way. Uh, I think if I see a team what would appear to be not very focused dudes that can't dunk trying to dunk things like that. I always, as a competitor, I would see that and go, we got them. Like they're not, they're not, they're not ready. They're not even prepared. They're not focused. Uh, Coach Charles Freet was at Flower Mound uh, high school for a while. And he was one of a mentor of mine when I was in high school too. And, he said, give them the first, if he could do it all over again, he'd give them the first two or three minutes of warmups to do whatever they want out there. Uh, but what are, you, what are your thoughts through warmups and some of those things that I think traditional coaches would think of, like, that's a waste of time or we're not focused? Well, uh, it's a perfect segue because I give ours two or three minutes to do whatever the heck they want. They'll throw it off, especially at home. They throw it off the wall. Even guys that can't dunk, have never dunked before, you're like, go try. But but because of the way we train in practice, they've already tried it. Yeah. Oh, I know. I get that. You know, but so, it's amazing but, to but me. No, like I still, I, I still see the the ones that not they're not even close. I'm getting well, into warm ups. <laughs> they they don't they okay. don't because I, I think that goes speaks back to the relationships that we we do our best to build. You know, they're not always perfect. But getting our kids to be honest and humble with them, um, you know, I try to try to explain to them, man, humility is the, the number one chapter to progress. Yeah. Like be humble, like, but they've already tried it in practice. You know, they they love it. I think we do a really good job doing some really good strength and conditioning stuff. I'm actually um, I've never used the word curious. I just use the word learner. But curious is probably a better answer or a better word to describe what I am in those realms. So I'm studying to be a certified strength and conditioning coach. So I can do that as well. Um, I'm getting off topic, but no, you're yeah, good. I let them do, man, if you want to go in there, you know, but they, they, I think because there's that level of respect, they know you're representing something like you're not just representing yourself. Now, if they go in there and miss a dunk, that's no big deal. But I'm talking about those guys that have like no chance they don't. They they shoot a three, you know, and I, I go and whisper in their ears. I'm like, hey, man, if you're going to shoot from the NBA range, you need to do it in warmups. And so they're like, oh, and now they've gotten we got some younger guys. So I, I have to remind them a little bit. Hey, we're at TABC right now. There's a ton of college coaches. Show them what you can do, man. You may not get a chance, you know, and some of my older ones. Uh, but the opposite's true also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. They 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 do a good job of having that like trust. We we have that kind of trust relationship to where like if they're not even close, they won't try it. They'll, yeah. they'll shoot a three or they'll get into a dribble move or whatever. But what we do is 
hey, guys, you have, you know, given a normal warm-up time. Hey, when the refs comes out, we're going to get into kind of what we call our shell series, um, do it a couple of times, and then we go right into the extra pass shooting portion. We don't do the daily seven, but we just get up a ton of threes. And honestly, it's kind of crazy. When we play people that don't know us, and when I first got here, it was like, what are they doing? They just shot like 500 threes in 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and it kind of is opposite of what you're saying. They're like, holy cow, like, what are these guys doing? They're just shooting a ton of threes. And so I, I try to give a lot. You know, it uh, makes me think about shoes. You know, I used to be the same way. I yep. play for guys like we're going to wear the same shoes. And now it's actually better. I, I don't have to pick them, so I don't have That's to right. worry if the kids are going to be mad at me. Yep. Um, and about halfway through the season, my first year, I said, you know what, fellas, do y'all even like these shoes? And one of them was like, no, they hurt my feet. I said, you know what, man, you wear whatever you feel comfortable in and you're going to ball out. Yeah. So we went and played a team that was purple. He wore purple shoes. We're navy blue and Vegas gold, but he had 18 or 20, but he felt good. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, man, um, you know, we had the, you know, the old jewelry thing in practice. Yeah. Do not wear jewelry and tuck your shirt in always. Um, and so I, I started noticing them, and it kind of speaks to the way that I'm, I'm really fascinated with the psychology of like just interactions with with people, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm watching our kids. Well. We had these uh, three kids, really good buddies. Two of them just graduated. They came out with chains on. So I said, you know what? There's something. I'm, I'm going to let it ride for right now. I'm going to see what happens. Before you knew it, they the whole team, the whole varsity had a chain on. Even guys that, like, didn't have one, they went and got one. So it became this team camaraderie thing. Do you know I didn't have to tell one single kid, hey, man, you forgot your chain on in warm-ups. Go take it off. Right? Same thing with tucking their shirts in. I, I used to be the, I mean, traditional yeah. tuck shirt in, or if you don't tuck your shirt in, you're not practicing, you know, and, rigid, you know, just hardcore. And uh, now I just, as long as you have some, some, we, we have different, a couple different sets of practice gear just cause, and as long as you have one of those on. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm good. I think, I think that every year, one of the things I tried to do, is evaluate everything that we do, everything that I'm asking them to do, and just figure out, is that the best way? Do I really care about that? And if I don't, or if it's not, then you change it. And so with shoes, with those two or three minutes, I just don't, for coaches out there that like, I couldn't look at that, don't look at it. Literally don't look down that side of the floor during those three minutes don't get riled up for no reason i sit there and I, I sit in my chair and i watch the opponents during those three minutes and then as soon as those three minutes are up and they start doing because all in my opinion individual or uh, uh warm-ups is individual skill work and so yeah. our goal is to get up as many shots as as possible in that amount of time um and so we it, after that those two or three minutes it is all shooting leading up to when I finally, you know, bring them in. Uh, yeah. Same with halftime. I mean, eliminating halftime talks so that they can shoot more. Um, but what, I, I've got a question for you 
because I'm, I'm in, right in line with all those with all those things you said. Even the picking shoes, I try to get them to the the shoes to be mainly white and to stay within our school colors. But mm-hmm. I don't care about the brand because it, it's different. Like I I like I do like to play in Nikes, you know. Yeah. But 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 some guys can't wear those whether because of their foot. Yeah. All right, pregame uh, uh, starting lineups are. Do you allow handshakes or oh, are you it. against them? I love it. I think it's great. Here, here's the thing, though, is like it, it, it's also I think what helps, and, it, and it's hard to get the young to understand. Younger kids, it, if you allow them to have fun, I think it builds their confidence. But here's my one thing to that: is I always have a, you know, for example, when I stretch when I was a kid, man, you didn't talk. You were not allowed to talk. You were going to stretch. And if you weren't stretching and doing what you're supposed to be doing, then you were – that's silly to me because I can stretch and talk at the same time. I do it when I work out. You know what I mean? And so I tell them, as long as you talking about what happened last night in the game – because at the end of the day, they're, they're you're just fighting a battle that is going to be really hard. Now, I think in line you got to teach them. This is how you prepare. So if we're if we're stretching before a game, like make sure that we're talking about the game. Yeah. Now if we're in practice and we're stretching and you're talking about the NBA game that went on last night, I'm cool with that. You know, because it, it it's you spend so much time together that they have to learn how to talk to one another about something that's relevant to them and mm. that they care about. Man, that's a good point. If, if you want them to talk about the things that you want them to talk about. You know, it's kind of like our Daily 7. I hear it translate more in the games. I don't hear it because the music is on, but in the games, in the huddles, as the game is winding down or we're in a crucial stretch, I'll hear the the leaders say, hey, remember our pace, don't settle. Remember our pace, don't settle. Two feet to paint, right? And so as, as leaders, as coaches, and this is, I think, one of the a huge, the, the, not the biggest, but a huge piece of teaching leaders is you got to give them a chance to lead. And I think as coaches, a lot of times, and in the past, I was guilty of it too because I didn't really understand that concept. I was like, man, you should be a leader, but I never gave Matt a chance to lead. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I think when I do things like that, letting them choose a shirt, like I let them design a shirt. Hey, man, send me some designs. I'll send it to the t shirt people. They love it, and it allows them to have ownership. Um, we do a lot of player-led practices, you know, and I give them a framework and a guideline. You know how we do things, right? You know how we do it, but you design it. It lets me evaluate myself. What did they hear me say, right? What did they hear me teach? What's important to them? Um, and it makes them feel valued because I, I think that, that kids are are so smart nowadays. They're so smart. Not that we weren't back in the day. I just think that they've had so much more access to information through the internet or whatever it may be. And some of these. The ability to be a student of the game is easier than it's ever been before. They have access to so much more. And, and so they have some really valuable things, things to, to say. And I don't want to miss out on it just because I want to be the one to say it. Right. Yeah. You know, and I kind of put it put it to a parent uh, I was talking to a parent the other day and she said coach coach you're big time and I was like no ma'am I'm not not by any any stretch of the imagination I said now I know one thing 
some of these kids, the way that they're becoming big time, the way that they're like really getting after it, they're 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 helping me like be big time, in so to speak. Now, I'm not big time. I think you get the reference that I'm trying to make, but it's because of them, right? right. I'm right. a firm believer in that. And so I just think letting them have little things like that, you know, like I've let older ones, I've let older ones lead lead uh film sessions. You know, I'm in a class right now and it kind of solidifies or I guess validates, I should say, validates my my point is it's a sales class. And it said that, that saying to a human, I agree, you are right, are like the strongest words in sales. Right. And that's what we're doing. We're selling a vision. And so if, you know, if if Jimmy comes and he tells this kid, hey, and he says it with different terminology than I say it. I'm gonna say, you know what, you're right. You know, and I, I think that's a lot of the times why apologizing to players works. You know, yeah. because yeah. they see that you're human and that you're humble as well. But I'm trying to think of other stuff. Like I let them do the deed. The they put the music on. Yeah. Um. You know, my clean. I'll be clean. You know, no, no, no bad stuff. See, I put my players in a tough spot with that one because I do want them to choose their music. But uh, being a Grapevine Faith Christian school, we mm. we have to be really careful, uh, and not not from like a school's perspective, but it's more of a a mission a mission based. Where you know, if we have somebody come into the school that's not a believer, but we have music playing that either has lyrics or or even has things that are bleeped out. And these are oh, yeah. very popular secular songs. We got grapevine, they we have faith on our chest. You know, yeah. like like they're they're obviously we're all everybody is a hypocrite to a point. No one's perfect, right. but we want to do our very, very best not to confuse people when they come into the gym. So I, I do let them choose the music, but it has to be uh Christian rap. So that there we are above reproach in that. And there's some good stuff out there, but it's not what I would imagine they would choose if they could, you know, anywhere. But the other thing that I think you stretched me a little bit is I've never let my guys do handshakes because, again, there's a part of it where like, what are those for? Like, what does it benefit? How does it lead us to winning? And, but, but then it, but then my, it goes, that goes against, I mean, we do a ton of stuff just cause it's fun. Like we do a yeah. ton of stuff just cause it's fun. So why am I, so here's a, here's an activity for coaches at the end of the season is ask your players that are outgoing, uh, what's something that they loved that we need to keep doing, um, something that we, they wish we did and something that they don't want us that we shouldn't do anymore ask them those three things and so i asked these seniors from the last year and i tried to look for some similarities between you know and and the what we shouldn't do anymore some of those were just out there like okay thank you for your input i'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm good uh the things that they liked validated some stuff like okay yeah we need to keep that we need to keep doing that what we they wish we did all of them said pregame handshakes. Well, let me ask you this. Because as a coach, you're trying to sell a vision, right? To buy into the program. Do you want them upset that they didn't get to do the handshake? 
are so fired up, and, and that's kind of my thing. And so I follow it up with this question, and that's why I've always let them do it. Now, obviously, I'm like, hey, make sure it's appropriate. Yeah, you know, which <laughs> yeah. we have. Really I don't want theory. like a snake charmer out there right. and a guy well, slithering up. You know, like, I <laughs> what do you think about celebrations? I make a big three. You know, am I? You know, I make a big three. I dunk on somebody, something of that nature. Are you for those? Because th that's another one of those traditional things that you know places I've been in the past or people that I play for, you didn't, you didn't do that. Right. You scored it and you got back, but that's not the culture of the the game that we live in today. True. Um, so what is your move? Do, do you, would you let them do, do you let the kids do those? I make it three. Do I get to, or whatever it is they I do. think I, I, if a guy is run down the floor doing, you know, making a three, a three in his hand, um, if he does something super quick, I'm I'm not a fan of the the arrows. Like I just don't I don't I don't I don't like it. Here's here's what I like, and and I think because like if uh, humility, enthusiasm, if some of those those are a part of your culture, you know those two things sometimes there there's a little bit of friction yeah. with enthusiasm and humility. So yeah. how enthusiastic can we be while maintaining a humble presence? So I would rather one guy makes a three and the other four are doing things for him towards him rather than him self-promoting in that moment. And then here's another thing too, is the game's not over. We're still playing like stay in the moment. That's great yeah. because uh, here's a, here's, here's where I'm going with that. The way we approach shooting is the make or miss doesn't matter. We're, we're not, we're NATO. We're not attached to the outcome. So if they miss a shot, we shouldn't be negative. We should just prepare for the next one on defense now. What, what's next? If I make a shot, I also should, it's a Dick DiVenzio for the PGC, act like I've been there before. Act yeah. like I've done it before. So the, I, I, there's a part of me that, although I love celebrations, I mean, that's we have a culture of celebrations. We snap for everything as a way of almost saying amen or agreeing with that person. Um, I like for our bench to be up. Um, I didn't even realize it, but our bench a few years ago, they were having some of that like Monmouth uh, uh, type of, of deals on the end. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mind that. I didn't mind that. So, uh, but I think all to circle back around, I would like for them to be as excited as possible for what they just did while maintaining humility and remembering that it's not about them. Yeah, I would love for my their teammates to be so hyped up for them that they feel like they don't have to do anything themselves. Yeah, I think that's it's where I am on that, it. It's just finding that fine line. It is. It's I just hard. tell them, hey, if you, you know, for example, if you dunk on somebody and you tap your head real quick, as long as you're sprinting back on defense because you understand you got a job and you've been there before, you know. But the second that you make it to where you're like blowing kisses at somebody or I'm pointing <laughs> at somebody's face yeah. or, you know, something silly. I had a kid that I didn't really get the, the reference, but he would make a three. And as he was sprinting back to get back on defense, he would do the phone call. I don't really I never really got it. He thought it was hilarious, but he sprinted back. I, he, he, yeah. he was never, yeah. I don't say never because never, never say never, but 99% of the time he was back on defense because he was, he was just sprinting like this, you know, 
And so I, I try to find ways like that because to the kiddos, like the handshakes and the celebrations, I think to them, it's a huge deal. To us, it's like, man, you're just making a phone call. Like, yeah. it's not a big deal. But to push back a little bit, and because this is the friction that I feel with it, is as much freedom as I want them to have, as much fun. Like, I don't think it's bad for them to enjoy coming to the gym every day. And, and, you know, the whole, uh, my practice is like Hoosiers. I love the movie, but he's wrong. He's wrong on a lot of things, but yeah. offensively, but he's definitely wrong on my practices aren't designed for your fun. Our guys can choose to do so many different things besides being in the gym with us. So I feel like there's an honor in that, that we need to get, allow them while they're improving within our, our, our style of play to have some fun. But then here's another thing. Um, and the phone does that. Our our culture does that. Is this age of self promotion? Like I think our your style of play and our style of play leads to incredible performances where guys will hit ten to twelve threes in a game occasionally, and like you know score a bunch of points, do amazing things, and they're going to get promoted. We're going to do it through social media. the The newspaper is going to promote them some ranking or whatever, and our program's going to celebrate them. And we have a healthy conversation with our guys about the why behind that and what that means. But then I almost feel like there are some guardrails that I need to put up with them. And sometimes, okay, I understand that you could go farther with self-promotion celebration in that moment, but how about a little restraint there? When I'm giving so much in other ways, or our program is naturally doing this, and um, I think that's where I do, I still land on things like that. The the game handshakes because those four seniors all said that, and one of them is, I mean, he he's one of as a young man, he's one of the most godly young men I've ever known as far as his knowledge, the presence of in his life his integrity, the fact that he wanted it. And he wasn't even a starter, not even a starter, but wanted it. Okay, there's got to be something there. But uh, that, that I think that's where I land on it. Yeah. I'm gonna, it's, it's hard. It, it is. It is. It's each their own. You know, I just I, – I see the value in it. As long as I teach them on the, on the other side, on the flip yep. side, like, hey, this is how we're going to handle things. You know, it's just like winning, you know. Winning or losing, like we're yeah. gonna win, we're gonna win a certain way. We're and it's just like shot selection way. too. I mean, yeah. it, it you know our styles of plays aren't a free for all where everybody gets to do just whatever they want. There's right. actually a lot of organization with that freedom that has to happen, or else you just have chaos. But we want controlled chaos. We want to have beauty through that, and so there has to be standards that they live by in the ways that they show up, while allowing creativity and fun to happen. And man, coach, that's a that's a tough line sometimes. It it is because, like I mentioned earlier, when you're when you're in our shoes, I feel like it's hard to explain to the outside what's really going on. And when you're on the inside, or you you know what I'm saying, it's hard to explain. It's hard to to understand. And they they a lot of them think like, man, you're just chunking up threes. Um, or you're just playing really fast or, you know, they don't see the countless reps that were had and mm -hmm. all the different training tools and everything that we, we use to get this system in place, yep. um, you know, and so, but that's the fun part of it. 
you know, that's the fun part of it is seeing if, if you can get it done and if you can teach it and, um, you know, you enjoy it. That's why we're doing it, right? We're competitors. We're, we're, we're trying to figure out the best way to get it done. And, and it is fun. It's more fun to watch. It's more yep. fun to play. Yep. Um, I believe it, it, it honestly leads to more successful teams and individuals personally. Coaches, the Jamoti podcast is powered by Shoot360. The future of basketball has arrived in Dallas-Fort Worth. Shoot360 combines the latest sports technology with the fundamentals of basketball skill development. The result is a -a one-of-a-kind video game-like basketball program designed to improve your shooting, dribbling, and passing. Visit Shoot360DFW.com to learn more and register for your free one-hour workout evaluation. Shoot360, the future of basketball is here. But you 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 seem to get the most out of them that you can. We're sure trying, trying to figure it out. You know, just trying to, like you said earlier, you just trying. Is there a better way to do this? Is there a more efficient way to do this? Is there something that I'm missing? Um, you know, and and I think a huge piece of that is me developing myself as well. Yeah. Right. Like I think a lot of coaches they they miss out on that point. You know, it's the age old. You know, and I may ruffle some feathers with this, but it's that age old do what I say, not what I do. And and I don't I, I think today's kids are and, and they're they're too smart for that. You know, they want to see they want to see what what's going on. They but they want to see it in you and they also want to see it in themselves. Now, is there a way to get it done? In my opinion, is there a way to to reach a certain level of success doing that? Yes, because people have done it for years. Right. Yeah. Um. I just feel like the way that we are, like I, I, I usually frame it to people like this. You know, there's certain people that have they they operate inside the box. There's people that operate outside the box. And then what I like to do is I don't have a box. I'm just here. Right. I'm just dreaming, you know. And so, like, I, I try to get our kids like there's no constraints. Um, if you want to go get something, you go get it. Now, let, and then we work on how to do that and how to go about about getting it. Um, yeah, Mono Watsa, Mono Watsa, the president of PGC said, more is caught than taught. And so we are, we're trying to teach or show them, we want to teach them to have a growth mindset in the way that they train, process-based, constantly pushing uh, the limits of what they can do and continuing to dream. But are they seeing that in us? Do they see us going to clinics, taking things from the Jamoti pod. No, anything that they, any podcast, anything that they listen to, any books that, that we're reading, you know, do they see us stretching ourselves? I think I went through a stretch where I was probably the same coach for three or four or five years, not a lot changed. And then, uh, but then I also think there's that Jeff Clarkson of Prestonwood, you know, he asked me like, because I get to do these talks, he said, well, how do you decide what what you listen to? Like out of all the stuff you're listening to, what you take and what you don't. And I said, I think that's the balance because you can't do everything. Like right. none of us. You mentioned with those sixty sets, you can't teach all of them. Mm-hmm. So even with our growth, we have to really pick and choose based on who we are, the way we think, the way we dream, who our players are, what will help lead them to winning within our style of play. And then you choose those concepts, but you're always out there being curious. Oh, yeah. And I liked what you said earlier because, I mean, it goes along with, you know, obviously what you believe and I do as well is like 
if you can find that niche within somebody, a piece of who you are, right? Like when you see our kids that you, I'm too old, but like I see myself and them, right? They're better than me. They will, they, that that's, that's no question, but it's because I've become better, right? Like one of the best things that um, I did this preseason was I got on a coach's mentorship program with uh, Phil Beckner. I signed up for that and did that whole thing. And it was crazy. You know, I going in, I thought it was going to be a player development thing because during into some of his player development stuff, um, it was all personal growth, right? All personal growth. Like the, the last one was the five developmental keys to, to growth, right? And how you can learn to be present was the end game. And then he went through these five different steps, but just amazing material that then I can take back and teach it to our kids. Cause I think what they get flipped around and a lot of coaches do, I was guilty of it when I was younger. Um, even so much. So before I got here, yeah. right. Um, was we, we had it backwards, right. You, you try to be this great basketball coach or teacher or whatever, instead of being a great person first and figuring out like, Hey, who do I want to be? And who do I want to set? Who, who, what vision, which, which direction do I want to take these kids and in this program? Cause kids are hungry. I really believe that like in, in all places and I've coached all different, you know, types of kids, different, different backgrounds, different stories. The one constant about all of them was they are hungry. Like if somebody will pour into them and lean into them and, and, and be, what they need in that moment in that situation they're they're gonna respond now they won't all because they're different yeah um but i think that speaks to what i think makes us different is just the freedom that we give for them to be different you know like i know a lot of and you can chime in on this because now that we're talking about i'm thinking about this question for you traditional mindset of i want all my guys to play together in the summer i'm not like that like I, I just, I, I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's bad whatsoever. I think a lot of people do that, and I think it's great. But I, I think, you know, it's cool to see kids. You know, I take us like I t- see our Keller kids from ninth grade to varsity, and even some of our younger ones go out and be the best player that they can be. And man, go try to conquer the world. I tell parents go, you know, get them involved in everything that they can, and see see what the basketball world has to offer. And then we'll come back and we'll. We'll, we'll be better young men because those experiences, I think, make them make them grow, right? And they get to be a different person. You know, yeah. they get to be a different basketball player. They get to they get to dream a little bit, for the you know, in, in a lot of situations. So I don't know how you feel about that. That's one of those traditional things that just kind of popped in my mind that I know a lot of coaches like them to play summer leagues and fall leagues and uh, spring leagues. Um, I'm That's another thing that – Coach, we that's a rabbit hole. You don't, I don't think you really want me to go down the, the whole traditional mindset. Sometimes yeah. I think I, I, I'm a little shocked at how far I've gone. <laughs> I, so first of all, I, I do believe I love the purity of the school ball season. And I call it that the school ball season from, you know, mid-October through hopefully March, right? Like, I love the purity of it because it's this its this idea of blending their individual wants and desires and moving that along with a group of people 
And hopefully that group is coming together for a higher purpose, something bigger than themselves. But you can't forsake the individual goals and that path that you have to get them both moving together. I love that part of it. But I think Grapevine Faith basketball ends our last game of the season. I think it's over. And I think their select ball season begins. Their select ball season is all about them. And that time of year, all about them. So I become their skills coach at that point. I have great, I'm not I'm not thinking about Grapevine Faith next year and, and what we need to do defensively. We're not doing any shell drill in the spring. We're not working on blockouts. I'm sorry. I don't mean to uh, – that's uh, the tone there. Coaches, I apologize. But uh, we're not doing that. And, and I'm not doing spring leagues, uh, summer leagues, or fall leagues. Because one, I take a ton of their time from October through March. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to go play select basketball. If they have aspirations to play in college, yeah, they got to do that. But even early on, if they don't, listen to a different voice. Learn a different style of play. Because I do, we love the way we play, but it's not the only way. There's a lot of things our style doesn't do. We don't screen. We don't screen. And we rarely ball screen. Yeah. Um, so like I want them to learn those things because we don't do that at Grapevine Faith. We play in space, we create advantages and closeouts, and we shoot catch threes. But there's other ways to do it. Um, and, and then also what I do love from that is when they do come back from learning a different style, hey, wh- how how'd you like it? What'd you think, coach? I just really like how we play. Hey, that's good. That's okay. I mean, I love hearing that. Or hey, what what do you take from that? You know, coach, here's something we should maybe look at. Here's something we did. Here's a great set. I love that. What do you got? Draw it up for me. You know, connecting myself with with that world with them is huge. We do the TABC um, showcase because I get to be there with them. College coaches, I like that connection with it. All the other high schools are there. It's like a rite of passage if we're not doing that. But even in there, I'm not resulting in those moments. I'm not thinking about what the next season's going to be like based on what they do on June 25th when we haven't been practicing at all. And and half of them have been on family vacation because they're kids and the and they're well to do. Most of the kids here, they can they've got a cabin in Colorado that they've been at for two weeks. So yeah, you kind of suck this you know today, but I'm not worried about you. We're going to be okay. You know, and then and then come the fall, come the fall, like we're approaching the big race. Why do I want them worn out? Why do I why do they need to go compete after school when they should be going home and doing their schoolwork? Like, let them go right at the bell and know what that feels like to leave at 345, because you know what? You're not going to get to leave until at least 630, probably nine o'clock at night on, on Tuesdays and Fridays for the next four months. So, Coach, that's how I feel. <laughs> no, that's how I, I, I feel about it. I, I'm in line with you. When it when it becomes the spring, um, you know, in the falls, you know, obviously you got to start working some team stuff in. But we don't do fall leagues. We don't do spring leagues. We don't do summer leagues. We'll do a couple shootouts. Um, and, and I like the shootouts, but I always felt the friction between, like, uh, all of them being in town for those. Um, yeah. And, 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 and then also too, it's just like, ask, I asking myself what's really happening in that moment. What is being gained from us doing that? Like, I don't know about you. I, I don't like when my players are predetermining what the season's going to be like, maybe their role, 
maybe yeah. another guy's shot selection, maybe someone the way someone's communicating when one, I'm not there. You know, like I'm not, and we haven't been practicing. Uh, we've right. been doing mainly skill work, layering in our off offense, uh, getting in the weight room. Like that's what we've been doing in the fall. Um, I don't, I want to almost keep them from one. There's no scholarships being found at that time. Um, right. I want to keep them from resulting themselves. And and prejudging what this season's going to be like. Let's let's like in PGC when I was directing with them, we would talk to our athletes right at the beginning. Raise your hand if you've been to this camp before. And a lot of them raise their raise their hands. Raise your hand if you've heard about this camp from other people. I said, okay, drop your drop your expectations. Drop your expectations. It, whatever you thought, whatever you've been through, whatever you thought was going to happen, for whatever reason. This is going to be completely different. It's going to be brand new. We're going to start this thing for like, that's the way I look at it because I don't think, uh, you know, what did it was the COVID year, the COVID year. I didn't, I didn't train those guys all spring. I barely saw them during the summer. And at faith, we didn't start school until six weeks later. Mm. And we made it to the the final four that year. Like I, I, my thought was, man, we just might not be very good. I haven't had my hands on them at all. Coach, they were just fine. Yeah, they were just fine. So, like, I think like maybe there's a point of like I got to remember who I am and the fact that nothing I do here is magic. I'm not sprinkling anything on them. We want to yeah. be like you said, process based. But there's a time and a place for when I'm going to be uh, completely hands on with them. But sorry, Coach, for rambling during your no. during your time. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I, like I said, I, I I learned from from you just like you learned it from me. So, or may, hopefully, you are. On that note, so I have learned a ton from you. I've learned one that there's at least another person a little bit crazy in DFW, uh, <laughs> like I am. So, because I, I think sometimes there's just too many sane people that that. Uh, but no, I, I love the way that you think about about training and dealing with your players and style of play, all those things. But the speed round, I'm going to get to know you even better. So these are quick questions. First thing that pops in your head, blurt it out. You ready? All right. Favorite ice cream flavor? Mint chocolate chip. The same, <laughs> the same honestly, coach. Hey, honestly, I got to be honest, though. I don't eat ice cream. My my daughter loves mint chocolate chip. So when you said ice cream, that's the uh, we always got to have mint chocolate chip in the house and wherever we go, milkshakes, whatever. I'm what's your go to? What's your go to for junk food? Like you, you just want to have something. What are you What are you going to? Chicken strips. Okay, canes, raising canes, or are you uh, anywhere? Canes, uh, chickeny. Zaxby's is okay. It's right by the school. See, I can tell how how healthy a person is. By how they define junk food, like you, you're saying you're defining junk food as chicken strips. I'm talking, uh, uh, you know, a bag of raisinets, chocolate covered raisins that you just pound through in an afternoon. But anyway, um, coach, you're on another level. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I'm sure I'm not. How many hours of sleep do you get? Whew. Normal, four or five. Do you need more, or you feel you yes. feel good on that? Okay. Um, it just depends. Yeah. It depends. It, dep- it, it depends during the season when I'm, I'm I'm not really, you know, worried about it. 
Um, but I, I, I do not require a lot of sleep. There will be usually one one week or one day in the week to where, I'm, hey, bam, I need about, you know, eight hours. But I would say at the most five and a half, you know, uh, do I, I do I do like naps, though, <laughs> a little 15 minute nap, a little 20 minute nap. But no, I'm not much of a sleeper. I'm I'm pretty much a. 100 miles an hour full tilt from the time that my eyes open from the time that I go to sleep and I know my household sometimes does not appreciate that but, <laughs> you know they they love me uh best basketball movie of all time oh man I don't don't judge me but I love blue chips Ricky Rowe yeah you know, I don't know why. It's not even a basketball part that sticks out to me, but he's like, man, we gave him a nuclear surfboard, didn't we? You know, and Ricky Rose shooting on that basket with the the, the little metal thing, thing the little metal whatever. thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, and that was back in the day when Penny Hardaway was just the man, you know. With See, I think the, the basketball movies where they actually have real players in it just always are better to me. I think Hollywood does a horrible job recreating basketball moments. Glory Road. Love the story. Powerful story. Yeah. You Don't tell me that in the 50s or 60s that they're throwing lobs off the glass. Right. Nope. Not right. doing it. I thought that was a really good movie. But good movie. Movies like that, I, I don't, they, they can't be my favorite because, like, I already know what's going to happen. Ah. Uh, Right. So yeah. like blue chips, I'm like, man, what's going to happen? Cause it's not real. <laughs> you know, or that's fair. I, I guess white man can't jump is a pretty hilarious. Movie. I'll tell you above the rim is one of my favorites. Just above that, the uh, rim. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell any of my players at faith to watch that. But hey, uh, when he's man. driving, when he's driving down the street and he sees that guy, the guy shooting out there without a basketball, <laughs> And the uh, the one of the Wayne's brothers it says he's playing ball without a ball. Like, just, <laughs> he's out there doing stuff. I thought to myself when I first watched, it, like, does that would that help? Like, would I actually get better? Do it. <laughs> one of my favorite moves to this day is the old between the legs crossover. Oh, day, you know. <laughs> Uh, and, and we we actually when I was at South Grand Prairie, watch. He's the only kid that I've ever seen him do in in real time, like coaching against. Um, I used to try to do it when I played. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, because you know it, you're trying something. It's a risk, whatever. But we played Trey Young at the Elite 14 in Wichita mm. Falls, and he was out there just unbelievable. Wow. I mean, unreal, just throwing it through people's legs, and uh, you know, obviously, you know the story of how that how that ended up but he was the only one that i've ever seen try it but that's my above the rim there story. you go for high school shot clock or no shot clock oh please shot clock please i agree, I agree. please shot clock we Take played we played we played in the um in the under armor circuit right so i was talking about coaching au and they played with shot clock restricted circle they played with the college rules no five second closely guarded until the dead ball it was amazing amazing the only thing that we didn't play with with the college rules was the we didn't do 20 minute halves we did four quarters um and they reset the they reset the foul count every quarter which was awesome as well i love that but the restricted circle 
The restricted circle, if I could change, I, I know that's one of your questions. If I if I could change one rule, it would be one of those three, the restricted circle, the shot clock, or the closely guarded. Because I, I feel like the closely guarded, doesn't it doesn't help anybody except yeah. for the defense for not doing anything. Yep. Right? And it just makes us as coaches mad. Like, man, do I need to get my tape measure out here so you can see six yeah. feet? But it, it – I think like we, they should just get away. Nobody counts. Yeah, we need to not put our officials in, in just such a hard – they have so many things to do and worry about. Don't worry about it. Uh, yep. uh, six inches away. Uh, like, Don't do that. Yep. Uh, Mike Neighbors had a great one. He said uh, nobody fouls out. Like you, you, you can keep getting fouls now. Like there's still penalties for fouling. You know, yeah. like you get – he said – he was like – he got real deep. He said, you know, if they get to six or seven, other team shoots – two free throws you know if they get to their eighth they shoot three like it just kind of gets worse and worse but the whole yeah. idea is like what is fouling out like the, it's one of the only sports where the best players on any team can be taken out of games you know That's besides true. besides a red card or a, 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 a you know flagrant or not flagrant but uh what is it called in football when you're targeting you know yeah. besides that stuff so I thought that was a cool idea. I would really love the Elam ending also. We we the the Elam ending, the target score with the the basketball tournament, the thing that goes on in the summer. So I don't know if you're familiar, but when after the last dead ball, I believe it's four minutes in the fourth quarter, they said the the team that's winning, you add eight to their score as a target score. So the game is still being played in a good flow. Like it, we do a we do a seven on seven series and just let the kids coach themselves and play like an NBA. So this year we did Elam ending, and it's so much it's so much fun because it, then you take out. Uh, I believe the G League is trying it this year, but it takes out all the 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 craziness that could go on. But of course, that's cool about the game too is all the craziness. Yeah. But yeah, it's really fun to watch the the. I don't know if we would ever do it, but I think that would be pretty cool too. Favorite holiday? Christmas, no doubt. Christmas. In basketball, who is the GOAT? Ooh, man, that's tough. That's tough. I, I would say MJ. I don't think that Kobe gets enough credit. I agree. And I also, two, two other points to kind of – I used to talk about this with kids, but as I've gotten older – I'm like, man, let's just enjoy the like these mm, people. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Steph Curry has to join that conversation. Um, but he, here's the way that I ask the kids. Normally, when people ask me that, I say, okay, well, how are we viewing best player? Are we viewing the best basketball player or the best NBA player? Mm. Because if you're viewing the best NBA player and you're going to call the rules based on the way that the NBA is called, and you're going to let LeBron and some of these humongous people, Giannis too, yeah, you're going to let them travel and push you, then nobody can stop them. They're 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 the most dominant. They're going to yep. be because there's no question about LeBron's athleticism, his size, his force, his speed, but now basketball player who can do the most on the court right I didn't know until I I don't remember the name of the book but a long time ago you know Michael Jordan ran like a 4-3-9-40 mm. like that's that's a world-class sprinter 
right? So I think a lot of people sleep on his athleticism. The game was different. His footwork was different. His fundamentals were different. He was also such a good basketball defender. Um, but the things that Steph Curry is able to do on the court, you know, and, and I, I still I joke with a lot of people. I'm like, Steph gets double teamed without the ball. Yeah. Like how are we argue, like how are we saying that he's not in the that conversation? But you know, I, I like the debate, but at the same time, like LeBron is a generational talent. Mm-hmm. Giannis is a, you can't take away from what they're doing. I think it's fun for conversation, but if if I was to pick one player from now to the past, I'm going with Steph Curry. Because there's he he you know, he to me he does more things on the court that other people can't. Yeah. You know, and so that's just it's no. good, Coach. That's good. Hey, it would be hard not to go with Kobe and MJ either. Nah. I'm a huge Kobe fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if like the two things that really helped me with that was if you watch, obviously, Last Dance. I, has there ever been as cutthroat of a competitor as as Jordan? I mean, even yeah. like we're all competitive. Dude's on another level. Yeah, uh, and that to me is the big separator between him and LeBron because LeBron's tools. His skill sets, his longevity, yeah. he, there's nothing like him, no. but that's different. Um, and then you see a little bit of that with Kobe in this new Netflix movie, Re- The Redeem Team. Yeah. See a little bit of that with him where I, I, when I, when you said he doesn't get enough credit, like I, I completely agree. And that helps see it. Here's a question for you. You're up three, seven seconds left. Do you foul or do you play it out? Uh all right, so question. I need to know the scenario. Are, are we in in high school? Are we in college? Are we in the your NBA? team? Keller High School. They got to go the full distance of the court. Let's go full court. Yep. Ooh-wee. It would honestly be be situation based. Meaning, do I think? Do I think that the other team is? going to make a better decision than we are. And in that case, I'm 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 probably not going to think that they are. Now, I'm also going to if I have to lean a certain way, I'm going to say no because we actually lost. Now there was a lot more time left. Um by fa- we got called for fouling a three-point shooter, but 7 seconds, I probably wouldn't, you know, not in not in high school cuz I just don't I, I don't see guys making the threes that the guys make in the yep. NBA in the league. Now, if yep. I'm in the league and we're playing the Nets or we're playing the, the Mavs, who I love, we're going to foul. We're going to foul, you know, because those dudes are ridiculously yeah. good. And some of the players in the high school, ah, man, that would be really, really difficult. He, A guy would have to be on fire, hot, like he's, you know, on kind of a little streak. If not, and it was just we were just kind of back and forth. No. Yeah. Two more. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? Zero. I hate coffee, but I do. I do drink caffeine. So what? What, what are you drinking? Bang Energy. Nice. Yeah, and I'll have some pre workout. You know, before going a little Jocko right now. Man, I haven't yeah. ever tried those. I need. I need you know what's beautiful about the Jocko? They're not a sponsor of the podcast or anything, but uh, their 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 ingredients. There's like six of them as opposed to 
the oh. paragraph that you get yeah. on the other one. Yeah. It's clean. But anyway, last one, Godfather, Star Wars, or neither? Oh, man. I, I guess I would probably have to say, oof. well, I'm going to go with Godfather just because I've always been intrigued with the the whole mob. Yeah, yeah. You know, growing up, I didn't watch stuff like that. I literally just watched basketball. Um, if I watched anything on the TV, and I really don't now, I guess just because I'm older, I'm, I'm not as active. Um, but I do have a confession. We took our daughter to uh, Disney World, and I watched Star Wars for the first time this summer. I had never watched it. Any but of it them. Was, any of them. So well, leading up to it, and then I downloaded them on the iPad for the plane ride, um, the last couple. But I watched all of them. Um, entertaining, I would have to go Star Wars. Interesting, I would have to go, you know, The Godfather and stuff, because I think those are like, I don't know, they're just crazy to think that like that was real. Yeah. <laughs> like you These know? people actually existed within our society. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love, I actually made a joke the other day, a Star Wars joke. Now that you say that, that I think that sticks with us. You know, a girl got an answer right in geometry class. I'm a geometry teacher also. And uh, I said, man, the force is strong with that one. And she was <laughs> like, what? She's like, what? I don't All get it. Right. And I was like, Star Wars. She was like, no. You know, of course, they're sophomores. So they're 15, yeah. 16. You know, I was like, oh, okay, that's probably, okay, I get it. You know, so... I get like I said, interesting movie, the 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 Godfather, but the the coolest, you know, the Force and the all the yeah. Jedi's and all that kind of stuff. The, can I pick both? Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's your speed round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey man, uh, you almost gave me two hours of your time, which is incredible. Like I felt like it flew by, and uh, just want to thank you so much for one the way that you're teaching and coaching your players. Uh, this yeah, I, I it's refreshing just to hear um, kind of like-minded individuals and, and to learn from you and see, you know, some ways that I still need to grow and and some things I got from you, but I just really appreciate it because uh, it was so much fun with just getting to talk hoops with you. Man, I loved it. I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, like I said, anytime I can talk to somebody about basketball and somebody will listen to me because as you can see, I can talk uh, quite a bit. It's actually one of my <laughs> one of my best <laughs> skills. Is I just, you know, sometimes you get on a tangent and you just get moving. But yeah, I think as long as we're all, uh, you know, moving in the right direction of growth and progress for these kids, uh, you know, and it makes our game it, it makes it more fun to coach. It makes it more fun to play in. You know, like we play some really good teams. Um, you know, people ask me sometimes, man, you're crazy. Why you schedule like that? Like, I want to play good players. Like, it's more fun. You know, I want to play good teams. I want to play good coaches. Uh, and so, you know, just the opportunity to share, you know, kind of the way I think about things. And it seems like the way that you think about things and kind of the way we meshed, I, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.